Welcome to Inside the Writer's Head. In this podcast, you can expect conversations with writers and other lovers of books, journalism, libraries, and the literary arts. I am Pauletta Hansel, the Library Foundation of Cincinnati and Hamilton County's 2022 Writer in Residence. For this, my very first episode, I am pleased to have with me not one, but four Cincinnati writers to discuss the popularity and the benefits of writing communities in our region. Joanne Greenway is a poet and member of the Greater Cincinnati Writers League, which began in 1930 for the purpose of exchanging critiques of poetry, short stories, and articles submitted by members. The Greater Cincinnati Writers League was formed and began meeting on the second Friday of each month. More than 90 years later, it still does, although its focus now is exclusively poetry, offering supportive feedback to poets from other members and from its monthly guest critic, which I am honored to have been. Now, I'm pretty sure Joanne was not present at that first meeting, but I know she has been involved for many years as a member and now as president. Welcome, Joanne. Thank you, Pauletta. Happy to be here. Great. Our second guest, essayist, poet, and teacher Richard Haig, was also not around for the 1849 founding of his organization, the Literary Club of Cincinnati, which is the oldest continuing literary club in the United States. This was and is a men's only club, though Dick, his president, has worked to bring the voices of women into the society through a series of literary readings by area poets laureate and other prominent women writers. Dick is also a longtime member of the Southern Appalachian Writers Cooperative and Thomas More University's Creative Writing Vision Program and has taught and mentored countless writers, including myself. Welcome, Dick. Uh, thank you, Pauletta, and congratulations on your, your residency. I'm sure thank it's going to be stellar. <laughs> thank you. Mo Poetry Phillips is a poet, spoken word artist, and educator who is the director of Regal Rhythms Poetry, a performing arts group, and the founder of Hit the Mic Cincy, a monthly open mic series. Founded in 2019, Hit the Mic's mission is to foster the growth of spoken word artists, published and aspiring authors, and to act as a hub for all local, regional, and national open mics, including spoken word, art, dance, music, and comedy. She's also one of the first two African-American women certified as a poetry group facilitator through Women Writing for a Change. Mo Poetry, like me, was born in southeastern Kentucky and is proud to call herself an Appalachian. Welcome, Mo Poetry. Thank you so much for having me. Glad you're here. And also with us is poet and teacher Lisa Kors Rockland, Executive Director of Women Writing for a Change which was founded in 1991 to encourage women to find their voices, speak their truths, and tell their stories in a world in which they were often silenced. I was a part of that organization in its earlier years, benefiting from their supportive writing circles for women, girls, and now writers of all genders. Lisa has been writing with Women Writing for a Change since 2006. Prior to joining the staff, she spent 21 years as a high school English teacher. Helping people cultivate their authentic selves through writing is a passion she continues to pursue. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Pauletta. Appreciate the invitation. Great to be with everyone today. And what a powerhouse of, of poets and writers and educators and community organizers here. 
So there is, of course, the stereotype of the lonely writer in his or her, usually his, Garrett, hidden away from the world. I personally have found that while solitude is important, community around that solitude is crucial. So I'm going to ask each of you in turn to speak to that balance, both in your own lives and within the communities you help nurture. What are the benefits of having a literary community generally, but more specifically, your own literary community? And Dick, why don't you start us off? Thanks, Pauletta. Um, you know, I, 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 as I was thinking about this question, it, I would say that eight out of the 10 poems, um, eight out of every 10 poems I've written in the last seven or eight years have arisen in a community. Um, uh, either Thomas More uh, University's writer's table, which I facilitate, but, but feel completely a part of that whole uh, group. Um, and at the Literary Club of Cincinnati, where the, uh, the interesting thing about the Literary Club for me is I know this audience. This audience is uh, well-educated, cosmopolitan in tastes and, uh, uh, and, 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 their, and wide in their reading. And so it's a really great audience to, to aim essays uh, to. And so uh, knowing your audience and feeling comfortable with your audience is, is really an important part of that literary community. But I've also I've I've always uh, been a part of one or another community, whether it's in my living room with the you know lo local folks, you many many times, or my classroom when I was a high school teacher and now at Thomas More. Um, there's something there's something about working together. I always I always like to refer to <laughs> a thing called Sheldrake's heresy, which is this notion that we can send out vibes, sort of psychological vibes, and and, and that helps us um, learn one another and uh, teach one another and listen to one another and be inspired by one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's an interesting point too that you that you bring up, um, Dick, about how audience can help to develop the direction in which your, your writing goes. And, and, and in your case, I know you have multiple audiences, which would seem to me, or multiple communities, which would seem to me have the possibility of extending your reach as a writer. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think of it as, as much as sort of as a, a thing going out, but as a thing coming in that I, I get, um, I just get energy and ideas. And, um, and, and, you know, there's, there's the, the, the scheduling part too. I mean, you, you, you cut out time for these communities, you make sure that you show up. And uh, that's a real important part of the community as well, I think, that you are committed to showing up. And so is the rest of the folks in the community. And that's, that's a part of uh, what encourages and enables the writing. Hmm. Interesting. And, and Mo Poetry, I know you too are involved in multiple communities. I'm, I'm just curious about your take on this because you, you're in both generative writing communities, but also in communities that are really all about performance. Yes, I agree with Dick on that, that you know, a lot of my personal writing does come um, from being in community as well. But community for me is just really being able to grow in community and watching each other grow. Uh, we workshop 
each other's peace. We uh, hear feedback on our work that is really major to development. And then we also, because we're um, a lot of us are stage performers as well, we share stage performance techniques and support each other and travel with each other to give um, in-crowd support as well as they're performing. Yeah. Yeah. And then with uh, Women Writing for a Change, and Lisa will be talking a a lot more, hopefully, about that, but that's one of your communities as well, right? Both as facilitator and as as writer. Yes. The very first community I fell in love with that took me under their wing, so I really appreciate them. Uh, I I didn't grow up with that, even though I have a degree in English. I was just kind of detached, I guess, because my community... um, it wasn't advertised that there are these communities that you can get involved in. So I was just out there on my own. And I just, ever since I joined, I fell in love with it. And I encourage people to come, you know, take a sampler <laughs> if you're with women writing or whatever you have to do to get the experience and fall in love as well. That's great. Well, Lisa, can you expand on, on that with women writing for a change? Sure. And I, I really focused um, on the word balance in, in your question, Pauletta. Um, so thinking about my own personal experience that led me to women writing for a change. Um, and I think it, it's a universal uh, experience or can be, you know, the first step was reclaiming my voice as a writer, which I wasn't doing because I was grading essays. And so the contradiction of loving writing and leading, that, leading me to you know, teach writing, but then not doing it myself, put me out of balance. Um, so doing that and then finding a community where I took a Saturday sampler because that's what I had time to do weekends and summers. Um, that allowed me to claim time for my writer life and it's like dieting. If, if you don't, for me, if I don't claim that time and commit to it, I get out of balance all over again. And there are times in life where you can't make that commitment. But when you go back to it, there's just some deep breathing, like, okay, I'm, I'm me again. Mm-hmm. And what I found here in 2006, which led me to continue attending both writing circles and and the leadership program, um, I found a home for my writing voice with like-minded people who are completely different in life experience from me, but we share that passion for writing. We get each other and then we learn about each other through our stories. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. And Joanne? Greater Cincinnati Writers League. And I know you're also part of, of uh, many communities if you want to speak to, to any of those as well. Well, um, right now, my two main writing communities are Greater Cincinnati Writers League and the Cincinnati Writers Project, the Poetry Division. Uh, and there is no doubt in my mind that I would never be able to call myself a poet without having joined Greater Cincinnati Writers League. Um, you know, I just happened to have uh, worked uh, 
alongside Jerry Judge for many years uh, at Hamilton County Job and Family Services, uh, formerly known as the Welfare Department. I was kind of surprised to learn that he was a poet. And uh, eventually um, he convinced me that I should try, um, you know, take the plunge. And uh, I entered a contest and um, next thing I know, I was a member and for the past five years with, this has been unintentional. <laughs> I've been president. The president's job is not so, one that's much sought after, but uh, at any rate, I know that um, you, I couldn't get, get any kind of um, sense of whether or not what I was doing was any good unless I exposed it to other people, which for me was a big risk. Uh, I never thought I would end up published either. And even now it kind of bowls me over that anybody likes my stuff, let alone a publisher. Uh, so, and uh, yet uh, here is the proof. <laughs> jo Joanne is, is hold, for, for listeners at home, Joanne is holding up a, a copy of her most recent book for, uh, for us to see here on, on our panel. And another one's in the pipeline, I'm told. Um, but um, writing, um, especially if you're interested in publishing, does require some risk-taking. And of course, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, you can be led astray by super positive feedback, but the important thing is, is that you use what you can and, and discard the rest. Um, I, I have also been a member of a very different group, Cincinnati Rogers Project. And it's a much more freewheeling, uh, less structured group, but that's been helpful too. Um, you know, I think anyone who writes should be, or ought to be interested in how it resonates with other people, how it, how it lands on the ears of other people you have to get some sense of how your poetry is experienced by others in order to find what's good about what you're writing and you know what's what's maybe not so good mm -hmm. so um i strongly urge that i mean solitude is fine but you know it doesn't really get the job done so yeah, it's sort of writing as as communication in a way yes. that it's that it's the the what's on the page is only part of the conversation. The listener is the other part as well. And so, in, in listening to the four of you, I'm just aware of of the variety of communities. Um, the ones that that Joanne is primarily involved in at this point are not so much generative as they are feedback oriented. Although I, I have have found myself that you know working on a poem brings new poems. Um, and then Lisa's organization, Women Writing for a Change, is primarily generative. And Mo, Mo Poetry's organizations um, are all about kind of getting hitting the mic and getting the getting the uh, the word out to an audience. And and Dick's uh, organizations from the Lit Club to the Southern Appalachian Writers Cooperative and, and uh, the Thomas More Creative Writing Vision Program are kind of a mix of all, all of that, kind of depending on, on which hat he happens to be wearing. 
And we know that this is, um, you know, this is only as, as wonderful as these organizations are, that we're only kind of representing a small part of, of Greater Cincinnati's uh, literary world. And so as I, as I travel throughout Ohio uh, and beyond, whether virtually now or, or in person, people often comment on what a vibrant writing community Cincinnati has, and, and especially in poetry, but not only around poetry. And I wonder if y'all might um, be willing to speak a little bit about uh, whether you think that's true, and if so, why? And Mel Poetry, would you start us off? One thing that I was looking at that you were talking about uh, is, is the or different types of organizations and looking at the longevity among us, you know, that there's 30, 80, 170 years, and then myself just getting started. So I, I feel like the baby of the group um, because we've been here since 2019, but I really appreciate, uh, you know, a chance to be on this platform because your longevity is helping us as a group and as a team to be able to strive towards that and, and move forward. So, and knowing that we can last that long as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a really important part that it's sort of what has come before helps kind of build the platform yes. for what might come after. Yeah, so other, other thoughts and I'll let whoever wants to chime in about why, uh, you know, what's in the water it's in, in Cincinnati that, that uh, helps bring us all together. Well, as, as an Ohio River guy, I, I hope it is something in the water. I've always drank Ohio River water all my life. Uh, but I, I think it has something to do with what my poetry was talking about, is that the, we, we stay put. These organizations sort of are, are pretty well rooted. And um, that, kind of, uh, that kind of permanence is also a part of uh, an effective writing community. That you know, you know, it's there. It has, it has, it has a history. Uh, when I was teaching writing at Purcell Marion High School, what I really tried to do was to build up a tradition of excellence, you know, so that the you know the next group of kids could could say, oh, yeah, look what's happened here before. And so I kept records and you know published things that showed what 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 the accomplishments were. Uh, and I think that happens in Cincinnati a lot. We were aware that we are here and that we have been here for a significant period. Lisa, you were going to pop in there, I think. Yeah, I, this was such an interesting question. And I thought about how in my life I have loved going away from Cincinnati to travel and experience other cultures. And yet, Cincinnati is a great place to live. And when we have new writers that find us who have who are transplanted from other places in the country, they make that same general observation. Like there's so much going on. And I feel like Cincinnati hits this sweet spot um, in terms of our size, that we're big enough to have a lot going on with higher education institutions, cultural centers, um, literary and other service-based groups, 
Um, I think Cincinnatians are lovers of history and we're lovers of words and it all comes together here. We're just the right size. We're big enough to have a lot, but small enough to connect. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I love when new folks coming into town find us from, from Chicago, from LA. And it, it's just this kind of childlike surprise. Like I didn't think I'd find this here. Cincinnati always has always seemed to me like a, a nerve center for poetry nationally. And I'm still trying to figure out why. Um, we just seem to uh, really have a, an, an exalted appreciation of the written and spoken word here. Look at how much we have for a city our size, the symphony, the opera, um, you know, uh, Playhouse in the Park and uh, mm -hmm. all of that. I mean, you, we just have an embarrassment of riches here. And I, I may, I, I'm not gonna abandon the water theory either, but <laughs> you know, people just seem to really be interested in, in hearing and reading what other people have to say. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if it's not a, a something of the edge effect too. Here we are, you know, and, and there's a huge number of first, second, third generation Appalachians in Cincinnati. And so we have, we have not only a Midwestern tradition and a cultural tradition that had its roots in us being, a, you know, the queen city of the West, but we also have Appalachian storytelling and music and poetry that uh, is also a part of the mix here where it might not be in other places where you have this edge effect where, where two cultures meet, you know, the richness is there in that, that border area, that edge mm -hmm. area. And, and I think that's part of what magnifies uh, Cincinnati's cultural richness. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And, and as, as you all were talking too, I was thinking about how, um, <clears throat> how much richness there is kind of on every level. Um, and I mean, we have organizations, for example, like the Cincinnati Public Library, you know, which is a large regional uh, library of, of both Cincinnati and Hamilton County that has uh, offers many resources. And, you know, and I'll, I'll do a plug to say it offers, you know, it offers a writer in residence program, which really not very many library systems throughout the country do. There's also the Mercantile Library and, you know, the other organizations that, uh, that um, the performing organizations that Joanne has mentioned. And then there's smaller organizations, you know, like, like um, the ones that we're talking about here. And then there's also individual people who, you know, I think about not being as much as gatekeepers as gate openers. You know, I think about, for example, um, Jim Palmerini and, and Mark Flanagan, who have run um, one of uh, word of mouth open mic reading series, which is one of the longest reading series. Um, I think it might be the longest reading series in Cincinnati. And before that, Jim Palmerini worked with, with Airlie Strange to offer other, you know, another individual to offer other reading series. So people who just kind of just, dis, dis, uh, despite um, 
organizational boundaries or beyond organizational boundaries decide that they're going to um, make a difference in terms of bringing people into the community. And I, and I really think of, of each of you in, in that role as well. And I'll say, you know, in, in my own life, especially Richard Haig, who was uh, one of my earliest writing mentors um, and who has continued to be so regardless of, of what organization he might be involved in. And I think probably others of us have had, had folks like that in our lives as well. But we don't have everything. And so I just wonder if you might um, mention if you have a wish list for what you, what you would uh, hope that might someday be available to Cincinnati's uh, writing community, perhaps things that you've seen elsewhere um, or ideas that you that you've had that you hope someone might pick, listen to and pick up on. I'll start. Um, the fundamental wish that I have for Cincinnati and um, its writers is letting letting people understand, helping people understand that. Um, Claiming yourself as a writer does not require a certain list of credentials that if you wrote as a young person, if you kept a journal, if you enjoyed writing family stories and you let that go because life happened, but it's still there in you, you should grab it and you should tend to it. And I think that is... Uh, fundamentally what we do at Women Writing for a Change. And, and I will add that we have several published writers and that many people come and find their voice or develop their voice and then decide there's more I want to do here. And there's, there's I want to speak to more than just my story to, to document it. You know, I want to share it with a larger audience. But writing in and of itself is a transformative process and is worth being standing there for itself. And so, and, and that's, we see that in the outreach work we do with other nonprofits and social organizations that are helping foster kids in our city who are um, working to support young people and adults who are in juvenile detention centers or incarcerated. Um, there are so many ways that writing can lead into a person's life and life story. But at some point they were told they couldn't write. They don't have the skills to write. They don't know what punctuation is, you know, that, that English teacher trauma that I've heard about so many times when I'm having conversations with people, don't grade my, my English. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm talking to you person to person. And I would love to work towards removing that um, societal and self-limiting obstacle for, for people in the community. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, so other, other thoughts about your wish list for Cincinnati's literary world? Uh, I wish that uh, we had the Cincinnati equivalent of Eastern Kentucky's apple shop. 
which not only supports writers, but, uh, you know, media artists and uh, has a radio station. And, you know, of course, Apple Shop is, is, is so unique and, and so of itself. To wish that you could transplant that here is, is, is a, that's a really high, high, high cost, mm -hmm. high demand wish. But something like that, where there's a, a cultural center for all artists, uh, musicians, dancers, uh, literary artists, that would be a, a very fine thing. But I know that's a big order. We've got a dream. <laughs> I miss the um, the focus that was placed on poetry by uh, the radio show Around Cincinnati on WVXU. I miss that greatly. But um, it used to be that local poets uh, could get some airtime on that show. And uh, I don't know why. I guess it was a programming decision that was made that decreed that it was not uh, a big draw or something. I don't know. But I, I think that we have a good state, local station. I know I listen to it all the time, but I don't hear much poetry on it anymore. And uh, that bothers me a great deal. Thanks, Joanne. Hopefully WVXU is listening. <laughs> and, and we love you, WVXU. We just want some poetry, too. Yeah. Yes. How about you, Mo Poetry? For me, it would be an urban artistic district. I feel like a lot is centralized kind of downtown and then in the suburbs. But I would like to see just a couple of blocks of nothing but, you know, just inner city, but museums, that, uh, a venue that's constantly doing different uh, performances and bringing different shows into the city, just everything. And people truly working collaboratively. Mm -hmm. um, I know our mission, our part of our mission is to come up together. That's the original, like, I don't wanna say catchphrase because it's truly the essence of what we do. Um, so that's what we started to do is to collaborate. So Regal Rhythms is, you know, a mini poetry slam and bringing feature events. Then Hit the Mic Cincy is our open mic. But now we have Beyond the Mic, which is doing uh, interviews of local artists and really highlighting what they're doing in the community. And we've uh, kind of, they've come up under our umbrella, but we have the Back to Love movement, which is a podcast that's working collaboratively with us. So we want to see that in the community, that we are just stronger together. So we're come, bring, pulling our resources to make this happen and to work cooperatively. That's great, Mo Poetry. And that's also a great uh, segue into my next question, which I think you mostly answered for your organization. But if there's anything else uh, that you'd like to say about what's coming up next for your organization and how folks can get involved in that. And we'll, we'll go ahead and, and start with you, Mo Poetry, since you're in that vein. Thank you. Um, just a couple of dates to throw out there. And definitely check us out on hitthemikesensey.com. But we have our open mic that will be February and March 18th for both. Um, we have Talam AC, who we're bringing April 23rd. And then we have a Survivor's Ball, May 20th through the 21st. 
which we're uh, working in collaboration again with uh, Masterpiece from Dallas, Texas, T-Spirit from Ferguson, Missouri, and Mabry from Los Angeles and Amanda Stoddard with Hamilton County Recovery Center to really do some work in the arts and mental health. So yeah, that's great for us. Lot, <laughs> lots, lots happening. Thank you. Joanne, how about, how about for the Greater Cincinnati Writers League? How can folks get involved? Well, um, if they're interested in writing poetry and sharing it with other people, um, they should join us. <laughs> and, um, you know, you can attend two meetings uh, free of charge. You don't pay dues until your third meeting if you decide to join. Uh, so we, we could use some more bodies. Uh, I haven't been out of town in almost two years, so I don't know a whole lot of what's going on in the rest of the world, but um, we'd like to participate in more public readings and, and happenings. And hopefully this is something we can look forward to. Um, I know that um, you've got some big plans for uh, the community and in terms of your involvement with um, the Hamilton County Public Library. So we'll be looking forward to, uh, co you know, ride your coattails on that so <laughs> you are certainly welcome to i've i've definitely ridden everyone's coattails here often enough so uh so happy to happy to serve in that in that way how about you lisa and women writing for a change we have two uh community events both of which will be presented virtually coming up in february um the first is entitled black joy is unbreakable an evening in community and it has um, three components we're going to be looking at and speaking with artist, Nigerian artist, Ben Abibi, who we've been, um, we've received and purchased four pieces of artwork from him. And he, he's a familiar face in the Dayton area, but um, lives in Nigeria primarily. And so we'll be talking to him on a, on a Zoom interview and looking at the artwork, um, we will have readings by Black writers in the Women Writing for a Change community, intergenerational, which I love. So, you know, 18 on up, we're going to have um, readers. And then um, our featured guest is your predecessor at the library, Danny McLean. Um, who will be speaking and um, providing question and answer centered around our theme. And then um, later in February, the 25th and 26th, it's our 10th annual V-Day. Um, the theme is Rise, Reclaim, Create and Reclaim. And it's a night, two nights virtually presented where um, original pieces will be shared um, of all genres and all emotions um, to stand up to gender-based violence. And the proceeds for that evening um, help us fund writing circles for survivors of domestic violence here in the local Cincinnati area. So those are two big things coming up in February. That's great, thank you, Lisa. Womenwriting.org is where Excellent. you can get more information. Excellent. And Dick? 
Well, there's uh, all sorts of things, but you know, COVID has has us all kind of walking on some kind of clothesline stretched out over un the unknown. But uh, in uh, in uh, Pauletta is uh, our next scheduled poet laureate. We have this year a, a poet laureate series already uh, there had been Carrie Gunter Seymour in September. And then George Ella Lyon will be at the Literary Club on May 17th. So these will be in person or virtual depending on, on, on the health situation. We also have a writer's series at the Literary Club, which was begun by my predecessor as president, Joseph Daner. And uh, we have uh, Sherry Stanforth coming next, next, next month in February. And then Mike Henson, the, February, uh, the month after that in March, and two other uh, local writers who uh, will pin down a little bit more clearly once things have settled. Uh, so I, I wish I could give you more specific place and time. Those are the places and times, the literary club, but um, whether it's virtual or, or in person, I don't know yet. Um, and Thomas More University's writer's table is, uh, uh, it, it's set up in such a way as you don't have to have attended the, the any of the meetings before it's sort of each 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 session is self-contained and um, you can uh, Pauletta probably has the address for that I, I I'm, I'm not very good at computer stuff or sending out addresses or anything like that so uh, but Thomas More University's it's it's a bi-weekly it's every other week uh, workshop with prompts and that one th that's another community uh, Point. You know, since we went in virtual, we have enlarged our community at the writer's table. It was all in person and local, but now we have people from all over. And so uh, that's part of the mix. And, and that's part of the, uh, the excitement of being here in Cincinnati uh, and, and being able to reach out. That's great, Dick. Thank you. And I'll say that uh, there, all of these organizations that are mentioned have very nice web presence and are, are easy to Google, but also in our public library of Hamilton County and Cincinnati Library Writer and Residence website, we'll have links uh, via our blogs to all of these organizations. So I'm going to finish up with just a quick question from each of you in turn, borrowing from my amazing predecessor, Danny McLean, which Lisa has already mentioned. Um, what are you reading? And so let me ask um, Dick to start us out with that, followed by Lisa and then Joanne and then Mo Poetry. What are you reading? Well, th thanks, Pauletta. Well, I am reading your uh, soon to be published book, Heartbreak Tree which is forthcoming uh, in March, I believe, uh, and uh, have enjoyed it immensely. Uh, it is a very serious major work, I'm happy to say, and uh, I hope you all have a chance to read it. I'm also reading in my long list of apocalyptic kind of books, uh, Silent Earth, Averting the Insect Apocalypse by David Golson. Um, it, it is a, it's totally timely and is the result of an article, uh, really a kind of response to an article that appeared in the New York Times three or four years ago about the drastic, tragic decline of insect populations worldwide. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I've always been interested in insects. And so 
this is particularly troubling. Thank you, Dick. Lisa, what are you reading? So this year I decided to commit myself to a book club so that I would get some books read and I joined Patty Dye's Hard Conversations book club. Um, the theme this year is um, books of various genres written by indigenous Americans. And so I just finished There There by Tommy Orange and I'm reading um, Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer currently. Great, thank you, Lisa. How about you, Joanne, what are you reading? Well, I loved reading poetry and uh, I've got a lot of poetry books on my shelf right now. Um, Marie Howe, uh, Ted Couser. I have a major crush on Ted Couser. And, uh, you know, Anders Carlson Wee, whom I've met a couple of times. I'm also a, a great lover of fiction and I'm uh, especially enamored of John Banville, an Irish author mm. who also writes under the name of Benjamin Black. And I have never seen such beautiful language ever in my life. Um, he's one author who sends me running to the dictionary quite frequently, and I have a pretty extensive vocabulary. Uh, also, I love the writing of A.S. Byatt and her sister, Margaret Drabble. Uh, I guess they're still fighting, but um, they both write beautifully. Uh, and if you ever want to read a great novel about poets and poetry with a little romance woven in, um, the name of the book is Possession by A.S. Byatt. I've read it about three times. I'm trying to get it, get through it a fourth time. It's, it's dense reading, but it is mm, gorgeous stuff. Thank you, Joanne. And Mo Poetry, to finish us off, what are you reading? So I've been reading um, Reaching the Edge of Mercy, which is a fictional trilogy by Don Crooks. She happens to be on our team. And also uh, author B. Anderson has a new, his third book, there's going to be My Two Cents, is coming out. So I'm really supporting him. He's a young Black author. He publishes in uh, print and braille which I don't know if there's too many people that do that. And then just other manuscripts of people in the community, Queen's Journey, Red Summer Remedies, um, Poetry, and Ashley Williams Poetry. So just supporting the community and um, watching them publish either for the first time or continuing to publish. That's great. Thank you, Thank you so much, my poetry, for raising up those voices. Thank you. And friends, that's it for this episode of Inside the Writer's Head. Keep joining us for in-depth conversations with writers and other lovers of books, journalism, libraries, and the literary arts. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to the Library Foundation for funding the Writer in Residence program. Learn more by visiting cincinnatilibrary.org slash writer in residence. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. And leave us a review. It helps other book lovers find us. Thank you. Thank you.